I'm Kylie, founder of Akanel Expeditions, the best adventure travel company that you've never heard of. This is a 35,000 feet podcast where we interview interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. From the next big CEO to coaches of your favorite teams to everyone in between, we've got stories to tell. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Courtney. Today I'm sitting down with Brett. Thanks so much for joining us, Brett. I'd love to just dive in and start this. Brett, if you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, sure. Uh, I'll start with the good stuff. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I was born in Springfield, Massachusetts, but I was raised in Cape Cod, which is is allegedly basically just a pile of sand. Um, It's uh, the arm that hangs off of Massachusetts. There are some woodsy areas, but basically it's just a beach. So it freezes over in the winter. It's beautiful during the summer, but even growing up, I was like, this is beautiful, but I want to see more. Uh, grew up in Cape Cod, then went to college out in California. So literally went about as far as I could away from home in the continental United States and went to school at USC in Los Angeles. Uh, studied acting and creative writing and performing arts, some film stuff, some, some, even some dance. I got kicked out of that class, though, because those people were all at like level 404 and I was just doing the running man. <laughs> uh, so I was not allowed to take that one, but still graduated in four years. Awesome. Uh, so went from USC. I stuck around L.A. to do some acting and uh, primarily some stand-up comedy in L.A. for a while and then made the big move to New York, where I've been ever since. Uh, in New York, I've continued to be doing stand-up comedy, but my main bread and butter, so to speak, is uh, at uh, Sirius XM Satellite Radio. So I am uh, on the air every single day. Uh, and the biggest radio company in the world, going by uh, how many people could potentially listen to our, to our show. The show is a mix of spirituality, comedy, and music. So it's kind of a rare breed. And so am I. <laughs> so it was a match. And I've been on that show for about 12 years now. But yeah, all of travel has been a huge part of that entire path. Uh, In fact, a big reason that I'm even on the show that I'm on for this long is that every time I was thinking of leaving, a whole big new trip or a series of trips was planned for the show. So travel has definitely been a big uh, factor and motivator in my life since since high school, really. That transitions perfectly right into my next question. I was just going to ask about your most memorable travel experience. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go right, I'm going to go right to the source, which um, of almost all of my travel experiences, to be honest with you, and and very much plays into our Kilimanjaro experience through Akinella. So when I was a junior in high school, uh, I was lucky enough to go to, say, uh, you know, coat and tie prep school. My parents, we do not have a lot of money, but just about every penny we had went to my high school education, which seems insane in retrospect, but it was very nice of my folks at the time. But as a byproduct of going to a a school like that, we went on some, again, very lucky, very blessed enough to say that this is an opportunity of mine. But my junior year, a trip was scheduled to Kenya. And I, for some reason, just could not get it out of my head and heart and soul even that I I really wanted to go on this trip. it was going to be about 20 students and about three chaperones, I believe, something around those numbers. Um, I was on, as a sidebar, I was on the varsity basketball team, and we were really good. Like, we, had, we were, we're going to win the, we were 
scheduled to win the national championship. I mean, it was all kind of headed in that direction. If I went on the Kenya trip, I was going to miss the championship game. I was going to make it for most of the finals, but I was going to miss the championship game. So I, even though I was by far the last one off the bench and I never went in the game. I mean, there's people who, who like went to the NBA after this. I wasn't close to that level. I had like Argyle socks up to my knee, goggles, headband. Like I was basically a clown at the end of the bench, but it was still a big deal for me to miss the championship. You know, a coach yeah. would say we're only as good as our last player. There's definitely, I was feeling guilty about not being there for the team, even though I wasn't going to be winning the game-winning shot or anything like that. But I had to make the tough decision to go to Kenya because my whole kind of body and everything inside of me was kind of pulling me to, to Kenya. Mm-hmm. So I went on the trip. <clears throat> Coach was upset, but obviously he had bigger fish to fry with actually winning the championship. But I went, and I, I realize now, looking back on it, why I was so called I, well, that trip gave me the wanderlust for the rest of my life. Uh, as soon as we landed in Nairobi, I was like, I want to see everything. I want to go everywhere. I want to do everything. Um, most of my time and money since then has almost all been, in one way or another, trying to figure out how to see and do everything I can while I'm here on this planet. So, you know, it was more of a uh safari trip we had we stayed in like little like hut slash cabins that were in the middle of this uh nature preserve essentially and we would go out and look for the big animals and stuff like that but then we'd come back and have bonfires and maybe swim in like a local lake or something like that and everything about it just i loved so much like something as simple as seeing a different tree or seeing an animal i haven't seen before or just feeling the the feeling in africa felt different than it did in Massachusetts or any of the other states I had been or anywhere in North America, it just felt different there, not just on my skin, but inside me. And I wanted to see what everyone everywhere else felt is the best way I can put it. And the only way you can do that is by going there. And um, so that really launched my wanderlust, my desire to kind of see the world junior high school. And I, so I, it's hard for me to put something higher up than that because it really launched, it like put me on a launch pad. I love that you mentioned like the feeling that it just feels different. Like Africa just feels different and that if you want to understand the feeling of everywhere else, because if it's such a different feeling going from like somewhere in America to Africa, where does everywhere else feel like? What's the feeling everywhere else? Yeah. And I've tried to explain that only people who I'm trying not to make it sound exclusive. I'd rather have it feel like inclusive, but like, there's no real other way of, of me describing it. Like the, the only way that I can feel that is by being there. There's no, you know, it's like people who run a marathon. Like it seems insane until, you know, and you can't explain it to someone who hasn't done it. You, you almost have to be within this area or done this thing to, to feel this way. And I wanted to see what it felt like in different places. I mean, even the negative stuff, I don't know. I just wanted to, to take it all in because I'm just here on this rock this one time. Unless of course reincarnation is true. And in that case, I think um, even the person I turn into next is going to want to see whatever I didn't see. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cross off more stuff off the bucket list. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a good way to explain things. I haven't really thought about it like that, but I've spent like a lot of my life in Africa and it's, it's just so different. People keep asking me what takes me back there. And it is like, that feeling is just, it's something almost tangible. 
So that's it was really very, cool. very, it was very tangible for me. Like, and not, and uh, again, I, I really try and do it without, without judgment. Like, I don't want to be like, if you haven't been, you don't know, bro. But like, <laughs> but the subtlety of that is there. Like trying to explain or trying to make bridge a gap between what I'm ex- ex- describing to something that maybe they've been through that I wouldn't know. Like fatherhood. Like I'm not a father yet. Like maybe my friends who are a father be like, listen, you just don't know until you're doing it. That, you know, there's just certain things that can't be replicated until you, you go through them. And a lot of travel experiences are that way for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. No. And then what, what made you decide you wanted to hike Kilimanjaro? Because you've just come back off the trip <laughs> with Kyrie. And sometimes I feel like hiking Kilimanjaro is pretty daunting. What made you decide that that's something that you wanted to experience? Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I prefaced it with the Kenya trip because I would never have picked that, that task. Yeah. Unless, unless, of course, it was prefaced with or precluded with what I just said, which is I, I really want to try and do it all. I'm going to have some limitations as I get older. So, you know, each year that goes by, I'm kind of like, well, I need to do some of these more active ones. I am much more, I'm a comedian. I'm a radio guy. I'm a people person. Like hiking is not my thing. Like I don't, I just don't really connect to it. Like the people that I know who love hiking do. Like, I'm like, that seems so boring. You're just going to, you're walking uphill. That's what a hike is. So you're, it's just exercise. There's not that much talking. There's not that much goofing around. There's not, there's no bar. Like there's like, there's just, you're kind of, uh, it's just not what I would pick. I'm much more of a beaches and beers guy than I am a hiking guy. That's just always has, has, has how I've been. But that's exactly why I wanted to do this trip. Because if I'm going to sit there with people and say, you know, I want to do it all. Or I want to see it all. Or I want to feel it all. And then take myself completely out of a list of things that I wouldn't normally pick. Well, then I'm being a hypocrite at best or a liar at worst, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not living fully into what I'm saying my philosophy is. So when this opportunity popped up, I was like, no, this is a perfect reason. This is the perfect uh, time for me to test that theory and do something that's out of my comfort zone to use a cliche term, but it's true. I, I don't exercise that much. I don't really hike. This doesn't, wouldn't appeal to me normally unless I'm really facing up to my facts internally, which is I want to go and do something new. And this is certainly that. What would you say your favorite thing was about climb, about hiking Kilimanjaro? Oh, I mean, it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard to avoid this answer, but getting to that summit sign I will never forget that. Um, I, I, I bristle with, I bristle still, even though I'm proud of the fact that I got to that sign and I'll explain. Mm-hmm. Um, I typically fall in the category of as cheesy as it sounds, that sort of notion of it's about the journey, not the destination, you know, kind of have fun along the way. Uh, a Kilimanjaro trip where all you're really talking about and hiking towards is this sign at the this essentially the sign at the top of this mountain it actually flies in the face of that in part it's really that trip is very much destination based yeah like yes you can have fun along the way and yes you learn things along the way and i'll get into those in a moment but it's it flies in the face of that ethos. It's actually very destination based. In fact, if I didn't make it to the summit sign, I would even now I would be 
super upset having this interview. I would be, I'd be sad. I'd be angry with myself. I'd be disappointed. And those things don't normally come with the territory, so to speak, if you're just doing it for the journey and not the destination. All of it would be positive, you know? So, so I'm glad I made it. But now all that being said, again, it was just another way for me to test some philosophies that maybe I've held as too true for too long. I wanted to kind of um, explore some things that maybe I had been taking for granted for a while, like just kind of going with the flow. No, let's have like a very discernible goal and reach that flipping goal. And I don't normally do that with myself, just personally speaking. So I knew that this would be challenging something with myself that I don't normally do. So that being said, I did make it to the top, and that is definitely the most memorable part. As soon as I saw that sign, I just started completely bawling because it was so hard at that point. Like every time you cross like a new ridge, I kept thinking I was going to see the sign, and I didn't see it, and I was just out of breath and out of like I was sapped of emotional capacity anymore. I was just like done. But I knew I wasn't going to give up, but I was just like, where is where is the sign? Because there's signs before that that look like it. And all that did was hurt my chances. Like I was so faked out by those that I like, it was like draining me a little bit. I was like, yes. And then they were like, no, you're not even close. I was like, wait, what? Like, what are you talking about? I thought this was it. And they're like, oh no, you have, you still have like two more hours. I was like, I, I don't have two more hours. <laughs> um, but all that being said about it being for me, I, even that was testing my my typical philosophies, let's say, the team effort that it takes and the, the, so two things, the team effort that it takes to get that far because it's so difficult. Um, it played a big role in, in what it meant for me. I mean, it not only do you kind of have to help each other along the way within the group, but the porters that help you up become much more of a, almost like a shaman than, than just somebody who's helping you hike. And what I mean by that is that there's some times when you're actually not just struggling with physical uh, issues, but maybe even psychological, maybe even mental. I mean, it, it maybe even spiritual. I mean, your body's going under so much duress. So there, so your mind is and your brain is, and that can really start to do some, really intense work inside yourself. Um, and these guys and even the help of the group, although they're less, obviously they're going through the same stuff you are in, in many ways. Yeah. Um, these guys are used to that. They've seen the looks on people's faces. They've seen the aches and pains that people get. They, they understand like the translation of certain sentences as to what they really need. You know, like is, is this time for like, a snack or is this time for like a spiritual check-in, you know, like, and they're, they're very well suited and very well uh, seasoned at that. And I thought that was really beautiful and also very helpful. And uh, I was not expecting that sort of, that sort of bond going into it, but it's very much kind of a, a shaman, somebody who kind of helps you through the, the dark stuff to get you to this mountaintop experience in this case, literally and figuratively. What would be your advice for someone going to Kilimanjaro? Boy. <laughs> oh, man. The thing that the, <laughs> what I thought was funny and yet very, it's obviously a very big impact on the trip and of the trek to the top is this uh, <laughs> pole pole thing 
They tell you two things. They tell you to breathe in this term pole pole, which essentially is is like slow. And what I think it's funny is that there's no option but slow. You're not by the time you get up into these regions of 10,000, 15,000, 16, 18,000, 19,000 feet like of course you're going slow. You don't need to tell me to go pole pole. I can barely walk. Like I'm about to crawl and cry. Um you don't need to tell me pole pole. But the the impact of that, the goal of that sentence isn't just to remind you to go slowly. It's that if you remember to breathe and if you remember to drink water and if you go pole pole, you will make it. Mm-hmm. I think that, of course, training comes into this and a lot of those things. But we noticed in our group that there was a wide variety of training that went into it, a wide variety of there had been people who had done marathons and Ironman competitions and said that this was way harder. There was some other people that didn't really train that much that their body is just affected differently at the top. But the three things that don't change are moving slowly, concentrating on your breath and your breathing and, and staying hydrated. It's um, and, and really having a full trust in those guides. And this is very specific to people who are really climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, you know, I mean, who are really, their goal is to summit. I mean, obviously the trip had a lot more to it than just those last, you know, whatever, 4,000 feet, even though that's definitely where you're tested the most. Mm-hmm. But um, I trained, but only, you know, only for about a month and I didn't do anything with the low oxygen. I probably would have done something. There's like that mask out there to to try and replicate what it's like without oxygen. I decided against it. I don't really know anyone in our group that did it. You kind of look like Bane from Batman. Like, <laughs> like, and I didn't want to do that at the gym. I probably should have, you know, just said, you know, screw it to worrying about what other people think and just done whatever I needed to do, but I didn't do it. Um, I did more like some rock climbing to work on some uh, core stuff, a lot of cardiovascular, very little on the arms. I mean, you're not, I just had the poles for the hiking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the stuff that I would suggest for people outside of just, you know, maybe just, I would say the training is just to get your confidence up. I honestly don't think it changes that much of your performance on the mountain personally, yeah. because I was going up against people who do Ironman competitions and I was just laughing. I was like, well, then I can't do it. If that's what's needed, <laughs> then I'm not, well, I should just stay back here and drink hot cocoa and make people laugh. Cause that's, I'm more suited for that <laughs> at base camp. <laughs> And we passed an entire group on the way down. We passed a group of, you know, essentially elderly people, you know, people in their sixties, it looked like maybe a little younger, but maybe even a little bit older. And I don't think they're all not going to summit. I don't think they were just given, you know, this sort of 0% rate. I think some of them are going to do it. So I think a lot of the training isn't just for your body. I think it's to give you the confidence that you will be able to do it. You know? So I think, it's more training your, your brain and maybe even your soul a little bit and your, like your heart, like your, your psyche yeah. than just your body itself. I think it's just kind of the, the training gets you into this format of like, I'm going to be pushing myself. Let's do it in all of the ways, not just your legs or just yeah. your lungs. It's your whole system, really. <laughs> that all being said, I would also say great socks. buy really great socks and really great boots because you are on your feet a lot like if your feet start to have troubles then you're gonna have some everything else is gonna be a secondary priority i don't care how much you've worked on your spirit 
If your feet are peeling away at the bottom, you're going to oh. be in rough shape. Uh, but I had very good socks. I got lucky. I, I, you know, I don't really hike. I got boots. I got socks that were recommended and I never had any issues. And I really think that that just on a physical spectrum was, was huge for me. Good socks and good shoes. <laughs> yeah, if nothing else, if you hear nothing else, <laughs> make sure those are good. And I also, I also used, I, I used the poles, and uh, I'm very glad I did. I have some friends that said no. I had, and but my friends who really hike a lot, they, they like the trekking poles. I think they helped, and the, and the the backing defense of that that I thought was really helpful is like otherwise your arms are just there. They're not doing anything. You might as well whatever help you can get you should probably take because it's, it's tough. Cause they're really light. They're not really, otherwise your arms are just there. So, I mean, why not use whatever resources you have to kind of lighten the load? Good to know. Good socks, good shoes, and the hiking poles help. I would suggest those three. I, I would, <laughs> I mean, I was pretty silly. I wore like some pretty silly stuff so I could do silly stuff up at the sign. Thankfully. Some of your Instagram posts. Did you, <laughs> did you happen to see that? Kylie was showing it off when she got back. <laughs> well, I wonder, I'm so curious how she prefaced it. Look at this idiot. I was happy that we were with a trip that like, you know, obviously not everyone is gung-ho, but everyone was laughing when I did that. And uh, that's the other thing. I mean, it was an arduous journey, but we made it. So we should celebrate. It was the, other, yeah. the main purpose of that. And my final piece, when we were being filmed at the bottom, I thought it was almost disturbingly ironic that you learn all these lessons about yourself that or about like your influence and working with a team and with others and all these things about yourself that it's not really about the mountain anymore mm -hmm. and it's almost like if it's not about the mountain what the heck are you climbing this big giant mountain about like you have to in my case and i i don't think i speak for myself I had to put myself through that pressure cooker of a situation to learn some things that I wouldn't have been able to learn otherwise. Like even if I say I'm going to go push myself at the gym, I'm not going to push myself hard enough to get to where I went mentally and psychologically and spiritually because I know I wouldn't be able to do it without such a daunting task with a, such a huge goal at the end, you know? Yeah. I'm just, I know myself, I think everyone would probably list different things that they got to internally. Um, but I think everyone would probably agree that no matter how hard you're pushing yourself in certain times, like to have this summit experience and really try and get to the top, like I need that. I need that goal to be able to push myself that hard. And I, I'm so glad that I did. And although I'm not going to, I don't think I'll be doing anything quite similar to it for a while. I will be pushing myself in ways that I would have never thought possible again, because I did that. I'm, I'm very grateful for that. for certain. That's such a, that's so awesome to hear. That's such a big accomplishment to say that you've made it to the summit of Kilimanjaro and that you had that great experience. Right. And like, I guess if anyone's hearing this, that would debate it. It's not, it's definitely just a gut check. I, I, I honestly still don't think it's a lot about the training. I think the training is just to get your gut ready. As mm -hmm. in like, this is going to be tough and you need to know it's going to be tough and you're going to need to fight through that. And I just didn't really do a lot of that to myself. I've done that to myself in mentally mental ways, but this physical kind of pressure cooker really kind of grills some things out of you. Some of the things you might learn about yourself you don't even like, but at least you know about them.
<laughs> I would suggest people do it. I'm not, I'm never going to do something like Everest. That sounds completely insane to me, but all those people that are questioning doing it, I would sign up with that canal and I would, I would do the, the Mount Kilimanjaro trip and, uh, and, and see what you learn about yourself and others. That, that's what I would say. That's great to hear. Cause I feel like, yeah, sometimes Kilimanjaro is just super daunting. So I think people just think about it and they're like, eh, I'm not climbing that mountain. Like it's not my goal, but that's cool to hear about your experience with that. I feel like, yeah, I mean, I feel like in a nutshell, I think a lot of people would say, no, climbing a mountain is not really my thing. But if you set it in terms of, do you want to learn like really intense things about yourself? Like, do you want to bond with yourself? I think most people would say yes to that. And that's what this opportunity lends itself to, you know? What places are on your bucket list? Like, where are you going next? Oh, wow. That's good. <laughs> definitely not another mountain. <laughs> I'm not even going to exercise for a while. Never mind uh, climb another huge mountain. I've never been to uh, India. I'd really like to go to India. Um, I went to Japan last year. That was at the top of my, my travel list at the time. I went to Japan. I loved it. So I have to kind of reboot, look over the list. I really would like to go to India. I've been to Brazil, but just to Rio. So I'd love to see. It's an immense country with a lot going on and a lot of beautiful aspects to it. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to see more of that and just more of South America in general. I've only been to basically just Rio. And it's just got this huge expanse of such beautiful places. And I'd love to do some more exploring of that, whether that's like a rainforest or floating down a river somewhere or seeing some more mountains or um, it's just got so much to offer. And I, I feel like I've only reached the tip, which I did because I was at the bottom tip called Rio. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. India and uh, South America would be in general terms, my next stops, hopefully. Definitely awesome destinations to look into. Yeah. And I've, uh, I'm ready now. Like things, <laughs> the more you travel, the more you're like, I can handle it. Let's just go. Let's do it. We'll figure it out. You know? Yeah. Let's go book my ticket the night before I'll get on a plane. <laughs> let's just do it. Let's just do it. I'll figure it out when I get there. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks so much for jumping on and chatting with me today. Cool. It's about your trip to Kilimanjaro. It's been so great to hear your thoughts and to hear about that experience that you had. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for uh, helping me kind of remind myself about it because it's going to stay with me for a while. But when people ask, I like getting into the nitty gritty. So I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Well, we're looking forward to hopefully having you travel with us again in the future. Um, I would love that. Any help with any of your travel plans, you know where to find us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And I'll bring my bodysuit. Thanks for listening to the 35,000 Feet Podcast, where we chat with interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. Do you have a story that you want to share? Visit www.acanela.com slash podcast to share your story and be featured on our next episode of 35,000 Feet.